Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Sailor. And Taylor, the Buffalo Sabres, our Buffalo Sabres, have won four of their last five and six of their last nine. An unbelievable stretch right now for this team who has just somehow looked so much better most recently in an incredible Overtime win against the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday. The Sabres ended up picking up a W3-2. And Rasmus Dahlin pretty much went full Frolanda mode in that game. It was outrageous. Dahlin has been looking better since the All-Star break. Going into that, you and I had both talked about how that was going to do wonders for his confidence, how he was going to gain so much from the experience just being around the NHL's elite. And again, just having him have the mindset that he is among the NHL's best. And my God, he has looked so much better since all-star weekend but it went up to a new level against the canucks where he pretty much just completely took over the game last night which eventually led to his overtime game winner he had an assist in the game also that he had set up jeff skinner on his goal i mean he was just controlling play he he dominated last night and is the pretty much you could go as far to say as he is the reason why they won that game he was excellent but taylor that is not the only news of the day today the NHL trade deadline has come and gone. And guess what the Sabres did? They traded Robert Hag. They traded Robert Hag, and that's about it. Yeah. Taylor, let me get your instant reaction to the Sabres' approach to the trade deadline. Only trading Robert Hag, leaving other UFAs still on the team, like Colin Miller and Vinny Heastrosa, most notably. On top of that, you also had Craig Anderson. You also had Cody Eakin. A number of other guys, too, who were potential trade trips to some contender teams, but none of those trades ended up materializing. I mean, what was your instant reaction from today's trade deadline? Uh, definitely surprised, mostly about Colin Miller. Uh, we have uh, quite a few UFAs, on the, well, about a half dozen UFAs, and Robert Hag was one that we thought was a likely trade candidate. But to me, the most likely was Colin Miller. Some of these guys, yeah, we'd, we'd take a piece of form if we could get them, but maybe someone didn't want Craig Anderson or Cody Eakin or maybe even Henestrosa, who knows? Colin Miller, we were going through the, uh, the the list that I think TSN had. They had Colin Miller as one of the five best defensemen on the market, I believe it was. And, like, he's not an all-star. Anyone who's watched the last three years knows that. But he, one, he has playoff experience. He went to the Cup with Vegas. And, two, he's, like, a, a starting-level defenseman. He's not just some bum you're going to, you know, sit half the nights. He's not Mike Weber or something like that. Right, like, right. he's a guy that could – 
go into most teams middle pair immediately so mm-hmm. i don't i don't really get this thing about not meeting the sabers asking price that kevin adams uh, seemed to indicate today because this is two years in a row they've kind of had a weird trade deadline last year they had one big deal to make and it was taylor hall and they did not get much for him they had to give up curtis lazar just to get anders bjork back which lost that trade and just a second round pick for taylor hall right and now it's like the people aren't meeting your asking price it's like yeah in some ways i get it because like yeah they're they're, you know like they're they're doing pretty well they're a young team you don't want to just give away every veteran and have the year end you know crash and burn maybe that'll be bad for the young guys in some way but like you're not re-signing colin miller so if you can get like a second or third or whatever just do that the other guys whatever like i said i mean i would have liked to got something for them everyone besides pezik basically who i said i want to re-sign so i'm not thrilled with it at the end of the day though it's just missing out on a couple a couple of swings at the uh couple of kicks of the can I'm trying to look an expression here you're probably getting a, a mid to late round pick for whoever i mean they got a six for hag maybe they i don't know get a sixth or seventh for butcher if they did this or these other guys maybe at best you i thought colin miller is the one that you could get a second theoretically for but more likely a third and still that's not that big of a deal but i'm not happy with it either no for sure and as Kevin adams had indicated in his press conference today Kyle Miller's injury obviously had something to do with the fact that he didn't end up getting traded and what the asking price was today and that it wasn't being met. However, I look back to last episode and as we're talking about comparables and a guy who TSN had ranked ahead of him on their trade tracker and Justin Braun, if Justin Braun is able to net a third round pick, so should Colin Miller. Like, I understand the injury concerns. I understand he only has had one game back or a couple of games back. I should say, or actually, no, is it only one game back since he came back from injury? Am I, if I'm not mistaken, two, right? Two. Okay. So he has two games back under his belt. I get that. I understand that. But again, you're trading for a guy who has valuable Stanley cup experience, a guy who or playoff experience, a guy who has been to the cup before. And on top of that, a guy who is absolutely dependable at rotating between your second and third pair, who could be a pretty reliable uh, point man on your second power play unit. And so I was very surprised that they didn't end up, I mean, a third round pick, if that's what Justin Braun fetched, I thought that there was no reason Colin, Colin Miller couldn't have also fetched that, but What this all comes back to for me is I understand the importance of team building and building the camaraderie in the room. We've talked about this on our past few episodes that you've really been able to see the bond that these guys have been growing here. And I think it is important to keep that intact when it comes to guys like Pesic, for example, or a guy like Anderson, even I'll get to Anderson after, but when it comes to somebody like Colin Miller, he's gone next year. He's not coming back. Same thing with Vinny Hinostroza. I know that there's a, a recent push for people who think that we should bring back Hinostroza next year and extend him. While I think that he has been good for these past couple of weeks, I don't think it's one been good enough to warrant actually bringing him back next year. But on top of that, where does he fit into the lineup? Because you look at the top nine next year and he really does not have a place in it. You're going to have the first line. We'll keep that intact. We'll say Skinner, Tuck, and Thompson, they will be here. There's three. Let's do three more. Quinn, Paterka, and Cousins. Okay. There's another three. Casey Middlestat. He more likely than not is going to be back, right? I mean, there's a chance he won't. Maybe they think that they need to get a fresh start from him. I would understand that if that's the case. Either way, that's fine. But 
let's assume he's here. Peyton Krebs is obviously going to be here full time. And that brings you up to eight right there. Okay. That's not including Victor Olofsson, who I think, I know you think as well, should be moved this summer to get a piece in return. Somebody that, whether it's for maybe a piece on the right side of the blue line, maybe it's for another young forward who maybe hasn't found a fit and that you're going to just take a chance on to do like a swap of younger players. Um, but he and to me doesn't fit. I mean, do you like for you, like, would you rank Olafson higher on a depth chart than Hina Stroza? I mean, I probably would, right? Like, yeah. It, and we, we didn't even mention Asplund or Gergensen. So well, I believe right. both be back as right. well. And those are guys that you would think like the fourth line will probably look something like Asplund, Gergensen's, and an Opozo. But for me, Hina Stroza doesn't make any sense. On top of the fact that even if Olafson stays in, there's nine. But assuming you move both of those guys, and hell, even if you move Metalstat too, you cannot go back-to-back off seasons without deliberately trying to upgrade your top nine forward corps. You know, you and I are both, I think, in agreement that this team in reality is probably a year away from actually competing. Like the 2023-2024 season is probably when these guys are going to actually be like, whoa, these dudes are in playoff contention. But when they've been on this year, they've been pretty damn good. And if you want to continue to instill confidence in the room, you're going to probably want to go out and make a trade for a guy, whether it's with an asset that you already have in the organization with one of the defensemen that you have stockpiled right now, combining that with maybe one of your young forwards, like I said, with Olsen as a possibility. And then on top of that, let's not forget that we have three first round picks in this draft. And of course, you're probably going to end up wanting to keep the Vegas pick now that they seem to be spiraling a bit. But that Florida pick could absolutely be on the table. And hell, maybe even the Vegas one is too, in reality, if it comes down to you getting a high-end, like, younger forward. But just for the sake of team building, you're going to want to improve that top nine forward corps. See what I did there? I did. Forward core. Sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. No, that top nine forward core. You're going to want to improve that in reality, because again, you're looking at eight guys who probably should be back. Middlestad is the only one that I think is up in the air, whether or not is going to be in contention for a top nine spot next year of those guys mentioned. I do think Olsen's going to get traded, which they should trade him. Middlestad, I think, I want to see how he does these last 19 games. I want to see how he does down the stretch here, because again, if you have the opportunity to bring him back from cheap, I like the idea of him being your third line left winger. I don't think that there's room for him at center on this team, but I do like him as your third line left winger. So if you have that opportunity in front of you there, you're going to need to make an upgrade somewhere in your top nine. And I think that moving Olofsson is a natural progression to kind of get you towards that. And I think that moving Hina Stroza just, would have made so much sense. Even if you end up getting like a fourth round pick for him again, it's a lottery ticket. Like you had said before, it's the same thing with Colin Miller. It's like, yes. Should you have gotten a third round pick or a second round pick for him? Absolutely. But if somebody's offering you a fourth, then just do it because one, not only is the guy not going to be here, but also you're blocking a roster spot for a younger player who should be up right now. Like you didn't move any forwards and I get it that they had to move, use three of the four like call-ups already for Krebs, Samuelson and Fitzgerald so that they're able to go back down and compete in Rochester for the Calder cup run. But like Jack Quinn is scoring like two points a game in the AHL right now. Like that dude should be up here. He like, should. Yes. He should be on the Sabres right now. So it just felt like, you know, 
I, I'm not going to hold any grudge against Kevin Adams for not moving Cody Eakin because hell, who the, who the hell is really going to give up anything for Cody Eakin? If you could have gotten like a fifth or a sixth for him and they ended up making that move, it would have been like, yeah, fine. He's probably worth that. Whatever. You got him off the books. Thank God we don't have to watch this guy for 19 more games. But I wasn't like steam out the ears mad that they didn't trade Cody Eakin or that they didn't end up trading Craig Anderson, because I think there's a lot of value in having Anderson in the room down the stretch and having him being there, stopping, you know, being their number one goalie as they're trying to play some for them meaningful games down the stretch here in these last 19, but Miller, where does he fit? Hina next year, where does he fit? It, it, it just, for me, you know, with them not wanting, using the excuse of not wanting to break up the team camaraderie or whatever in, you know, coordination with them also saying that they didn't meet their asking price it's like yeah but like still get something here like even if you ended up getting two fourth round picks for example for Hinostroza and Miller between the two of them say or, or like a, a B prospect or something like that but let's just say for the sake of argument's sake you could get two fourth round picks for them I mean that's leverage for you to move up and get your guy if you have somebody in the third round that you want to move up and get or you have somebody in the second round that you want to move up a couple of spots and get too like if you have a couple of extra draft some extra draft capital in your back pocket that you can use and that's really I guess what's disappointing about this and I, I don't think it I would go as far to say some people were I think a bit overreacting and saying that today was like a huge failure or whatever I don't know if I would use the word failure but just because we're talking about lesser pieces here, that doesn't mean that Adams gets a pass for not moving them. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think it's more of a wasted opportunity than a failure. It's uh, these things. I think uh, we talked about our, the previous GM, the Sabres used to have Jason Bottrell. There is a million little things that he did wrong. I think. And we look back on none of them were like catastrophic, but like not signing Brandon Hagel. That looks pretty stupid now. Uh, just a, a billion other things he did. I don't, I don't really want to delve into a lot of these times when uh, you do something wrong, there's obviously big things that you can point to. Like the O'Reilly trades, a big one. We'll see how the cycle trade turns out pretty good so far. Things like that, not trading risk to line in, but there are all these little things. These little things are what really matter. So it is kind of annoying to have two straight trade deadlines that are kind of both duds for different reasons. On the other hand, that this one, there, it was never going to be, too it was never gonna be too exciting for Sabres fans because like I said Colin Miller's the best guy you were trading and he just got back off of injury so also I've seen some some people talking about this the the Vegas pick that we have in uh from the Eichel trade the Sabres are getting the pick I see people get nervous about how Vegas is falling off but it's only top 10 protected like almost a guarantee the Sabres will have that pick they're not winning the lottery right yeah yeah, because they're going to be basically right now, if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs, but Dallas has three games in hand. So points percentage wise, they're really 16th in the NHL. So, yeah, if they don't. I mean, they're going to have less than one percent lottery odds if they're 16th or decent chance. They just make the playoffs as the eighth seed. Right. I right. have to play Colorado. By the way, do you know, Colorado was 44, 13 and five. I just noticed in the standings kind of took me back. That's insane. That's wild. Absolutely. Them. Didn't well, they start the year like one and four? They definitely, I think, got off to a slower start because also McKinnon was hurt for a while too. Wild. Insane. Um, but I think also one other point I wanted to bring up too, just as we're talking about like the collection of draft picks and everything. Again, as we're talking about guys who are maybe getting moved for like later round picks, I think something that's also important to keep in mind too is 
while the Sabres draft history over the past decade has been abysmal, has been horrible, you really can't undersell it. It has sucked. We now yes. know that the current front office in place has a much better grasp on draft strategy in terms of the kind of guys that they're targeting and some of these mid-late round picks. They're going for guys who have higher ceilings, who have a higher likelihood, likelihood of hitting rather than guys who are maybe a little bit of like the safer play. And this is a very new thing for us. Like, you know, we can look back at Olafson being a seventh. Um, I think Brandon Hagel was a sixth too, but even looking at some of the guys that we had taken in the last draft, like the Russians, for example, who were taken in like the second, third, fourth round, you know, so, and in general, I like Aaron Hewlin, I think is another guy too, who was like a younger, who was taken in like the mid rounds there. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that this organization is in any kind of a place to turn away any lottery tickets that they may have. And again, even if you're not using those picks on guys, which again, you may, now that you have a much better front office, a more filled out front office, you have a higher likelihood of hitting on those later round picks. Even beyond that though, again, I just, I, I keep going back to this thought that like, if you were to turn Henestrosa and Miller into two fourth round picks, like sure, fourth round picks aren't as valuable as a third, but they're still used in trades to help teams move up. Like if there was a guy you really liked at the top of the third round or at the top or at maybe in like the, the end of the second round, and you were able to then package a third and one of your extra fourth round picks while still having one or two additional fourth round picks, you do that all day. Like if there's a guy that you like that falls, that is what that gives you the flexibility to do. And the Sabres just lost out on that. Now, you know, you and I are in agreement. Pasek, I think was, it was a good call that they kept him. He should stay. He probably deserves a one or two year extension. I don't know if Anderson is going to want to retire now that he hit 300 wins, but like keeping him in the room, I, I understand the value in that, but it, I can't bring myself to give Kevin Adams a pass for not trading Miller or Hinostroza. It, it just doesn't make any sense because those were your two most valuable chips. And even if it was coming down to the wire, you move those guys to make room for the younger guys. Power is going to be here soon. Like, Sure, you're going to need a right-handed defenseman to play with him, but like again, that could be Pesic. You're already playing Bryson on his offhand. You have Fitzgerald, who's up right now. Like you don't need Colin Miller. You're not making a run for anything, so get some kind of return for him. Vinny Hinostroza, he does not fit into the plans for next year. Jack Quinn should be in the NHL right now. JJ Paterka, you can absolutely make the argument that he belongs in the NHL right now too, right now as well. Brett Murray is another guy who could absolutely be called up and who deserves to be here too. Like it, it just, again, like it just goes back to the two points of not accumulating additional draft capital that you would be getting essentially for a freebie because these guys are going to be walking anyways, but also blocking out the opportunity for young players to come up and get a shot to play down the stretch and get some meaningful games in here, you know, and that's, I guess the point I want to make is that Kevin Adams is talking about wanting to keep the group intact and getting prepared for next year. What's going to provide more value for next year, Taylor playing a guy who's not going to be here. Who's going to be gone on as a UFA on an expiring deal or giving Jack Quinn or JJ Paterka extra minutes guys who are going to be here on the roster next year, undoubtedly, like, and letting them get that additional NHL experience from the B up, get accustomed again to being in the room, getting more camaraderie with the guys, getting more chemistry with whoever their potential line mates may be next year. Like if Hina Strohs is gone and is playing for Anaheim next year or whoever, or Pittsburgh or whoever he ends up going to, obviously I'm just throwing names out there. Like what value does it really provide to you to have him on the roster right now as compared to Quinn or Paterka? 
None, really. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing though. I'd like to get those guys more playing time and also like also kind of focus on winning in Rochester this year. So it's a tough balance. Obviously, Krebs is just a saber now, but like it would be good to see Quinn and Paterka, you know, win a Calder Cup or at least have a nice playoff run before well, at least they uh, will have the chance now to be down there with them. I mean, I don't, I yeah. think Krebs is unequivocally a saber, but the fact that him, Samuelson, and Fitzgerald can go back down, I think will be good for Rochester to say the least. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, we're going to take a break real quick to hear from our friends at DraftKings. Uh, you guys might have heard of these fellas. So the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Uh, You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 888-789-7777 in Connecticut, or you can visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Iowa, you can call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In uh, Louisiana, you can call 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, you can call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Oregon, you can visit opgr.org. Uh, you can call or text the Tennessee Red Line in Tennessee at 1-800-889-9789. Or Virginia, you can call 1-888-532-3500. Must be 21 or older. Uh, 18 or older in New Hampshire, Wyoming, and you must be physically present uh, anywhere to win in any of the states I've already mentioned. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, so that's pretty much it. Uh, the Sabres, uh, they're, so what's now Talk four or five? Eight UFAs. <laughs> eight UFAs? Eight. Wow. So winning four out of five, that's, I mean, that's something amazing. Interesting. So basically they're six and three in March now, which is nice because they finished February up on a six game losing streak and exciting. We got a national TV game coming up Wednesday against the Penguins who just made a couple additions here at the deadline. Maybe the, one of the best additions at the deadline and Ricard Raquel, Mm. a TNT game in Buffalo. So here it's we cool. go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're probably going to lose, but what are you going to do? It's nice to be on national TV. Right. That's what it's all about. Do you have any thoughts on the, the deadline around the NHL? I thought it was a pretty dull one. It was very dull. I mean, I think Col- or uh, Jesus, I was about to say Colin Miller again. Claude Giroux going to Florida, I think, is very interesting. I mean, Florida, I think, definitely bolstered themselves better, probably than any other team, um, you know, for their eventual cup run. I, I think the, the key move for the Panthers, of course, was adding Robert Hag for that very valuable sixth round pick. 
Uh, no, but I, I'm I'm excited to see Florida. I, I hope that they go far. I hope that honestly they win the cup. I'd love to see Sam win a cup with them. They're a really really good team. Again, adding um, Claude Giroux, I think it just it goes without saying. I mean, just what a a pro he is, what a stud he is. He's been, I mean, he's a he's a legend among like the players in this league. He's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, so I think adding him, even though he is at the tail end of his career is, is a very valuable pickup. I mean, that's probably the marquee move of the entire all-star weekend or all-star Jesus trade deadline weekend. Um, I mean, otherwise I don't really have many other thoughts on it. No, like, you know, Raquel going to the pens, I think, you know, good for them. Um, nobody else really did anything that really surprised me much. I mean, Vegas really did not make any moves that, I was surprised there. I thought that Vegas was going to have, oh, what are they going to do? They're there's 5 billion over the cap. Right. Exactly. So that, I mean, they're in a really interesting spot now. Um, Toronto really never ended up doing anything to try and further figure out their goalie situation as they had just waived Peter Mrazek. So there, I don't know. I mean, it, it was pretty boring. Honestly, I think my main takeaway Taylor, what I'll tell you this is my main takeaway from trade deadline weekend is that, Again, the NHL needs to be more like the NFL and the NBA and make it more exciting and more um, doable and easy for teams to move big name players. Because the way that the, the hard salary cap is right now in the NHL, it is not an easy thing to do. And I think it could take a cue from the NBA, especially with just allowing teams to make it easier for them to move some of these bigger players and bigger contracts. Yeah, definitely. I think this year in particular, and this has become more of a trend that people don't treat the trade deadline as uh, like you have to wait for it. Right. The, obviously the Eichel got traded in November. I want to say that was, mm-hmm. and other guys, for example, Tyler Toffoli, Tyler Toffoli got traded like a month ago. Calgary just decided like, Hey, we want to get better. We'll get better right now. Right. Why wait for another month to get better. So that kind of hurts. So it's March 21st. It's kind of late for a trade deadline. I know the season's a little later this year and, there was supposed to be an Olympic break and stuff. So, but yeah, I agree. I think one of the problems in hockey is that there are quite a few teams. This, this year is kind of an outlier. Cause I think the East playoffs were decided months ago and the West is basically coming down to the Knights and Dallas, but a lot of years, there's a lot of teams that can conceivably tell themselves like, Hey, we're, we're in it. We're in the playoff race. Right. Only three points out. And if you're in the playoffs, you can make the cup like Montreal last year, Dallas, two years ago, you can, you can easily tell yourself that. And that's why teams, there's fewer teams willing to sell. And on the other hand, what you're seeing in the NBA and NFL is like, you have a great quarterback. You can win. You don't, you're not going to win. So you have to try to get a great quarterback. Like a lot of teams have been doing a lot, a lot of the, uh, the off season carousel. It's been wild this year in the NBA. It's really haves or half nots, you know, like there's m- many teams that make the playoffs that no, they're not going to win the championship but maybe they are trying to build a foundation for the future. Maybe they're waiting around to make another trade or some kind, but like that, that kind of opens it up a little bit. Whereas in hockey, like like most years, there's 20 teams at this time. You're being like, Oh, we could make it. And then there's other teams like the Sabres that don't really have anyone that interesting to trade at the moment. They traded all the guys already. Right. But one thing I disagree with, I do not hope the Florida Panthers win the Stanley cup this year. I hope they win next year. This year I would like them to fizzle out in the first round. All right. That's sorry, fair. Sam. That's fair. No, we need I that will, pick. I will give you that. I will give you that. No, that's fair. I just, I, I love our sweet boy, Samson, you know, good guy, but I don't right. think I can do that again. Another 
last pick of the first round type deal. Okay. We just did that a couple of years ago. We'll do that next year then. Florida could win next year, and then we'll we'll Colorado should just win this year just to get it over with. Yeah. What are you doing, Colorado? Get it over with already. My God, grow up. Yeah. Trying to be uh, Washington West. Oh, get it over with already. Jesus, you know, they're going to win. Florida and Toronto are the only, you know what? Maybe it's just Florida. I'm thinking about it. Florida, Seattle doesn't count here. Has the longest drought of not making the conference finals. It's 26 years. They haven't made it since 1996. Right. I don't know when the Leafs, I think the Leafs made it in 03. The Leafs have made it more recently than Colorado. Colorado hasn't made the conference finals since 2002. Damn, who's won a cup more recently? <laughs> Colorado, two of them, in That's fact. Crazy. Hey, out of curiosity, between the Buffalo Sabres and Toronto Maple Leafs, who's won a playoff series more recently? The Sabres have won four since the last time the Leafs won one. Damn, that's crazy. It's wild, isn't it? <laughs> and that wanted to remind everybody of that. Not super likely to change this year either. We'll no, see. It's not. No, sir, it is not. Hey, one other thing I wanted to bring up, too, just to get your thoughts on, with not moving Miller and only moving Robert Hag, Owen Power is going to be here, and more likely than not, Ryan Johnson is always go- er, is also going to be here. So you're going to be looking at Darlene, Pesek, Bryson, um, Miller, Butcher, and Fitzgerald. Where are these guys going to fit? Well, Fitzgerald's going to go back down. Right. Uh, does that mean besides Fitzgerald, is Samuelson going to go back down then too? Can you really move Samuelson down though? Oh, and I didn't even mention Yoki Haru too. Oh my God, I forgot about Yoki Haru. Yep. Yeah, geez. Okay, so. so if you went, yeah, Darlene Pesic, Yoki Haru, Miller, uh, Bryson Butcher, there's six right there. Well, Butcher's going to be in the press box. But it's the, the point still stands, though. Oh, it's it's a lot of guys. What is that, nine guys? Uh, including Power and Johnson. Yes, that would be nine. Mm. That's too many guys. It is. And yeah, I, I didn't think, think about that. Yeah. I mean, you have six without Samuelson and Fitzgerald. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. Hmm. Hope Kevin Adams thought about this. <laughs> That's 10, actually. What am I saying? That's 10 guys. So, so you're talking about you with Fitzgerald and Samuelson. Fitzgerald Samuelson. Okay. Yes. And then you have. You have Power and Johnson. All right. Power Johnson is four. Darlene is five. Pesic is six. Yuki Haru is seven. Butcher is eight. Bryson is nine. Miller's 10. Probably should have traded Miller. Probably should have. Yeah. God, that is. Even if you had to begrudgingly take a fifth round pick for him or something like that, just there was no sense in bringing him back. Man. The thing is, we just did this a few years ago. You might remember. Last year? (laughs) Was it last year? Not exactly what last year's trade deadline was, other than the Hall trade, where, again, like you said before, you had to give up Curtis Lazar just to get Anders Bjork back. They didn't do anything else last year. I meant in terms of having a billion defensemen. Well, was I it the 2018, 2019? They had like Boyu and Ristolainen and Bogosian. I'm not remembering all the guys. Colin Miller was on that team. Christ. Remember that though? They had like 11 defensemen in training camp and were like, what are we going to do with all these guys? Ridiculous. Yeah. I don't remember who all of them were, obviously, but it's, it's weird to be in that predicament again. 
I mean, yeah. I suppose, yeah, Samuelson's played really well, though. It's hard to just send him down. I don't think he can. I don't think he should. <laughs> can they send Will Butcher down? You could wave him, probably, yeah. He, he wouldn't get picked up, probably. No. No hmm. way. Yeah. Oh, that's if a pretty good The guys who've gotten waved and not picked up, there is a 0% chance that Will Butcher would have. But again, I, I think that also that just looking around the league today, some of the moves that got made, like there were lesser guys who were traded than Miller and Hina Stroza. Like you could have gotten something for them. And yeah. I'm not saying that this is like a, a major stain on Kevin Adams or anything like that. Cause again, like we're talking about what could possibly end up being inconsequential pieces at the end of the day, but you don't know if you're going to be able to hit on one of those at some point too. That's the whole point of it all is just accumulating the capital. Right. So I'm, I'm looking right now at the uh, NCAA website. Cause I was wondering it's kind of stick it up on us. Owen power could be here very soon. And so could Johnson. Yeah. So Michigan plays on Friday, they play American international. I don't know what that is. So I assume they're going to win. And then they'll have to play the winner of Quinnipiac or St. Cloud state on the 27th, which I believe is Sunday. Yes. That's the sun next Sunday or this Sunday, however you want to put it six days from now. So that's, if they win that. Okay. So if they lose there, which they could lose to one of those schools, I guess, then he could be here by next week. That's crazy to think, but they'll probably win. So let's see. The semis are. April 7th. Wow. That's a huge break. Why is there such a huge break? That is bizarre. Okay. So otherwise it might be like more than two weeks. Huh? So they have 11 days off between the quarters and the semis. Is it really that long? Yeah. April 7th for the semifinals. There's not even a date for the championship game on this website. Come on, NCAA. What are you doing? Anyway? So yeah. So, and then Ryan Johnson, I do not remember where he goes. <laughs> Minnesota. That's right. Okay. Where's Minnesota on here? Okay. So he is also playing on Friday and then same thing. He'd play on Sunday if they won. They're playing UMass. So he could also conceivably be here soon. Something to keep an eye on for now. Hmm. You know what the most important acquisition of all is though, Taylor? What's that? Von goddamn Miller. Von Miller. They, uh, it seemed like the Saber, the Bills are going to have a very quiet free agency, and then they absolutely did not. No. Yeah, that was that was quite a signing. It, also, the Bills signed Jamison Crowder. Did you see that? And I did. Today. Yeah, so Crowder will be a good replacement for Beasley. Mm-hmm. This lot, good for the offense, and then yeah, Von Miller. I mean, how can you not be excited? It, it, there's a weird thing though where people st- still do this after all the years of watching the NFL. They still do the oh my god looking at a contract number and being like, that is a real number. And the bills are going to owe all that money over that time period. And come on, that's not how NFL contracts work. So for anyone that was worried and they saw six years, 120 million for Von Miller, functionally, it's more like three years, between 40 and 50. Yeah. Like three years, 50 million. Hey, can we also give a good shout out to our dear friend, Johan Larson for getting traded to the capitals, coming back to the Eastern conference and being on a playoff team. Yeah. Good for him. Good for Johan. You got a third round pick crazy yeah amazing what can happen when teams trade for death guys <laughs> at the deadline yeah crazy wild anyway. stuff, my man wild stuff well do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share uh the other thing that i just thought of now would we see we could also see Devin levi right 
In theory, yeah, we absolutely can. Yeah, because he's uh, they're playing. Oh, they're also North playing. Friday. I guess everyone's seed, playing Friday. Right? <laughs> What's that? They're the lowest seed, right, of the three between Michigan, uh, Minnesota, and Northeastern, right? Yeah, Northeastern's the four seed in uh, whatever side of this bracket is. Well, I don't understand why they have eleven days off. This makes no sense to me. Absolutely none. Unless this website's wrong. I mean, it's the official NCAA website, though. I don't think it can be wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway. Fake news, man. <laughs> so do you have any recommendations? Do I have any recommendations? Hmm. You know what? Actually, I well, I don't know. If, I, I would maybe call it a light recommendation. I haven't watched the most recent episode, but have you watched Winning Time on HBO? That was going to be my recommendation. Dude, I really like it. It's been yeah. surprisingly really good so far. Have you watched the new episode that came out yesterday? Yep. I haven't watched it yet, but I, Adrian Brody is our boy. Is Pat Riley? That yes, he's very good, and also I think you resurrected his career. I think I did. Like single hand. Was that like six months ago? Why would anyone be an Adrian Brody fan? Yep. And then boom, great succession, succession one episode turn. Yep. Great in the French Dispatch. Yep. And now on Winning Time. Unreal. That yeah, too funny. Well, yeah, Winning Time is my it was going to be my recommendation. I literally was so worried because I wanted to really like it, but I didn't know how John C. Riley would be in this role. But I really love what they're doing with just like how it's filmed too, switching between like the high def shots and then going back to like the 80s camera. And then also when they break the fourth wall, I, I love that. I think that they're doing it all very, very tastefully and very fun, even though it's not necessarily historically 100% accurate. Um, and they're definitely over-exaggerating Jerry Buss's uh, involvement with some of this early stuff with Magic Johnson, but I love it. Yeah, oh yeah, same. So I, uh, I'm i usually, not that it makes or breaks if I like a based on a true story thing, but I'm kind of a stickler for historic, uh, you know, how things work. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't, I'm, I've sat on here before. I don't really like remember the Titans because of its inaccuracy and it's inaccurate. Well, to the point where it's just like another one you said too, because of that. Yeah. Also. Cause it sucked <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's some things with this, whatever, like you, like you said, it's not historically hundred percent accurate. I think the, the only re- really thing that bothers me, and this is not a spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched yet. Jerry West does not act like that. That is not, they did not really nail Jerry West. I don't think raging at all times yeah no i think he was a much more thoughtful guy but he was his whole thing is he was depressed you know but it's funny because he you know he uh talked about retiring in the show true story jerry west is still working in the nba and he had a wild the, uh, sex scene in that too he did yes a lot of a lot of sex in the show yeah but yeah i'm glad to see adam mckay bounce back because very disappointed by don't look up no this has been great of, so far yeah. And the break in the fourth wall thing, it really reminds me of the big short, which I think is the best thing he's ever done. Yep. Either that or Step Brothers. But like the big short's fantastic in the way, you know, it'll have, like, how, how am I going to write this character? Uh, how am I going to convey this message of the scene or do that? And he's just like, no, I'm just going to have the character turn directly to the camera and explain. <laughs> explain and I like that they don't just like relegate it to only one, like only like John C. Riley's Jerry Buss being the one being able to do that. Like Magic Johnson's character does that a hand, like even like the small side characters get to do it too. And like, I really appreciate that. I think it's so fun. Yeah. I'm well, excited a big surprise. Uh, I honestly might watch it after this, after we. Yeah. Recording. <laughs> I, I would. Cause it's actually kind of shocking episode. Real in a good way. Yeah interesting 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 all right i'm gonna have to check it out then well do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share 
Uh, yeah, my former Sabres player of the episode is Robert Hag. Oh my God, he was going to be mine too. Son of a <laughs> bitch. Well, look at us. Same recommendation, same former Sabres player. What a beautiful thing. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective streaming platforms, wherever you're listening to right now, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, whatever it may be. Make sure you're following them and checking out our other podcasts, a part of each of the networks. Also, make sure you're following them on social media and make sure you're following us on social media too. You can find us straight up Sabres on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure wherever you are listening to this episode right now, you are either subscribed or following us. And if possible, give us a nice review because we'd very, very much appreciate it. And also, as Taylor had said before, make sure you're heading to DraftKings and using promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We will be back with a regularly scheduled new episode on Thursday. Very excited to be back and talking with you all for this last stretch of 19 games here. But as always, for Taylor Nigrelli, I'm Brendan Orr. This has been Straight Up Sabres.